I used to go to a lot of conferences. I worked the booth a lot. I never get called a booth babe, but I would identify as a booth babe. Welcome to Marketers Talking Marketing. I actually updated our website over the weekend and realized it's also marketer stalking marketing. So we're, we're whichever way you want to pronounce it. Today, we're talking about uh, what is kind of a great tool for stalking intent data. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Trying to segue that. Dan, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience and tell them a little bit about what you do? Sure. So I'm Dan Caffiero. I lead account-based marketing initiatives at CE Technology. I have around 10 years experience in digital advertising and marketing, started on the ad agency side and creative, then transitioned over to media and strategy. I've been in-house now for about three years at Seagate for two. And yeah, I lead global account-based marketing programs um, for the company. I just, you know, I love all things ABM. I'm trying to become a thought leader in this space. I love speaking about ABM and intent data and how we can use it to fuel um, sales success, really the whole focus with intent and different engagement data and how you can aggregate it and score it and then help sales prioritize accounts for outreach as well as uh, contacts. And also through various signals like intent, you can tailor your outreach with the goal of decreasing sales cycles and increasing account velocity. So just movement down funnel of accounts closer towards conversion and just the ultimate goal of increasing pipeline and revenue generation. I feel like ABM is a perfect use case for mm -hmm. intent data because you you're trying to get into typically a smaller number of accounts in a really personalized manner and so you can't just like blast the shit out of them with the advertising you use for everyone accurate no i agree 100 with you i think you know you've got one to many one to few one to one i've done a little bit of all of the actually done a lot of all of them but i would say like what i'm focusing on now is because i'm probably like a team of one doing abm a lot of my focus is how to make one to many that way you can really scale it right globally speaking just targeting a lot of accounts but targeting the right vertical, obviously the right revenue size. So it's not like spamming, like you mentioned, but again, it's how do we get the right account, the right target, right? Based on our ideal customer profile, building that audience, targeting the right message at the right time, and then serving them what they need, right? Which is an answer to their pain point. And it sounds like you mentioned you're also using intent data for the sales team to help your <laughs> sellers understand what to do when, how is that, how is that working? I think most people, when they talk about, when they talk about intent, they typically talk about just marketing, but sellers using intent data is such a gold mine for marketers to, you know, to really empower them and also help. I feel like it helps make the relationship better because you're, you're kind of making yourself this like secret, secret access, this thing that they otherwise wouldn't have usually. Yeah. It's funny. I was actually, I was at B2BMX and there was a really cool session called sell like a spy. So it was like an ex CIA guy <sighs> talking about how he teaches sales, like how oh to God. sell like a spy and using empathy and all that stuff. But in terms of ABM, right, you've got digital activation, marketing automation and sales enablement, right? So it's the three pillars. And a lot of what happens is people get caught up in the marketing aspect. They generate all these, these leads from a target account list. They put them into an email marketing answer and then pretty much like say goodbye. You never see them again, right? Because maybe your goal is only to get MQLs. But like my goal is to get all the way down to sales qualified. So like what I try to do is I take the marketing insights from the digital activation, like the campaigns, and then I feed them to sales through week over week reporting. And then we teach sales how to use them, right? So if you're seeing intense signals for cloud computing or cloud infrastructure, they're probably going for our cloud product versus data mobility, um, data transfer be more for our, 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 um, our live mobile product, which is about uh, transferring data from on-prem to cloud. And then tertiary um, would just be um, if they're looking for like very specific keywords like Exos, JBot, those are for our systems products. So 
I try to teach the sales team, like understand like these are the keywords you're looking for and these are the products that go with. So if you see a lot of these keywords, you put them in an outreach sequence that's specific to that product, right? Or if you see early stage uh, research keywords, right? Like computing versus late stage competitive keyword intent. Like if they're searching for some of our competitors, obviously you want to go after those first, right? So are, you, are you just like, how are you going to get into them in Salesforce? Are you integrating into their systems? How do you get all that data to your sellers? That's a great question. So we have a pipeline development team that sits under marketing. So that's the team that nice. we're really focused on, but we also have SDRs and sales. So I want to make sure everyone's getting what they need. So BDT team, they don't own named accounts in Salesforce. So they'll get email reports, right? And that'll be topping each accounts, topping each contact, account showing intent. Yeah. So for sales, we actually built a dashboard in Salesforce that um, gets is fed demand-based intent data. So the sales team can go into the dashboard, they will subscribe, and then the dashboard will create an, a version specific to them based on the accounts they own. Mm. And it'll show them intent signals. Uh, it'll be like high trending intent. We go over weak intent signals as well as website traffic. So the idea is just to give them everything in one place. That way they can, again, prospect smarter and just decrease sales cycles because they're not kind of wandering around from platform to platform toggling. They're more so like yeah. in one space and everything's there for them so that it can make better decisions faster. Love it. I, back in the day, I was on Six Sense when they first went down market and because now they're going back up market, but they went down market for a little bit. And then I was on Engageo and Engageo Dash. And the biggest complaint I would get from the sellers is they have to log into a separate tool. And right. so eventually they would just stop using it because it wasn't in Salesforce where they're living and breathing every single day. 100%. And that's why, again, like we we have the platforms which have the most data in them, but we have panels like iframes in Salesforce at the account level. And then we also have this dashboard in Salesforce. So everyone has a different way to access it. And I've done tons of live and pre-recorded trainings with Saleshood. So there's tons of training for the teams. Of course, like if they want a one-on-one, I'm always down to jump on and work with them through it. But I think a lot of it is, you know, I think it's set up for them to be successful. They just have to use it. And so like a lot of the time I'll pull platform usage reports and I'll always see the ones that are successful or the ones with the most yeah. platform. And then the ones that maybe aren't successful or saying, oh, we need more, haven't even logged in yet. And so I'm like, but I can see from this report that you haven't even looked in. Dude, do you just like casually, do you just like casually, just casually pull that pull. up? <laughs> like, oh, oh, you're having all these issues and you can't use it. Like, let me, I checked and like, you've never logged in. Does your login work? <laughs> I don't want to like be that guy, but you know, if people are telling people, you know, oh, it's not working. I'm like, it is working. These people yeah. are using it. It's working. So like, yeah. what do we need to do? Like, do I need to get on one, a call with you? Do you want to get on yeah. a call with CSM? Or sometimes we'll actually, the CSMs will bring in their sales reps and they'll show our sales email, they use it. So again, it's just like working yes. with people that are similar to you. So you feel a bit more comfortable. In the past, it's been sales and marketing kind of pointing the fingers at each other. But ABM is supposed to be this harmony, right? This bridge we're building yeah. between the sellers and the marketers. And, and that's really important because we have all these rich insights and we need to get them to sales in a smart, efficient way. I always position it as activating marketing data, but it's that it's that currency that also helps you, I think, build more credibility and affinity with your sellers when you're able to help them make more money. You're literally exactly. helping them make more money. Um, I love, so I was on demand base for quite a while. And that's something we also did with them is they brought some people from their BDR sales team in to talk to our sellers about how they use the platform. And it was so much more impactful because it's a seller telling a seller to use it right. versus marketing bought another tool that we have to use. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And yeah, yeah, we use demand base as well. They're great. They brought in an SDR. He showed us a really cool method that they have essentially because there's so much rich intent. 
you can go into LinkedIn, go to the account, find people, right? The people tab under account. And then there's like a thousand people. But when you start plugging in and filtering by the keywords that are appearing in demand base, that huge number really dials down to a really small number that you can go after. Yeah. It's a really cool way that like we didn't even think about that. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, thank you for sharing this thing. That was just one of their BDRs. So it was really awesome to have that little insight. There's so many vendors that if you just ask them for how to use their tool better, like they're more than happy to do everything they can to make you successful right. on it. Do you have other tools you like? So you're so you mentioned Saleshood, also like Saleshood, you're on demand base. What else is in your stack? Yeah. So our CRM is Salesforce. We've been like one of the OG customers for them. We actually have like the sixth largest instance in the world. Oh my God. Interesting for sure. Um, How many Salesforce like, admins do you have? Oh, just one, but he's amazing. Like he literally makes- What? Wait, so nice. wait, 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 wait. For our ops, we have one Salesforce admin. There might be other ones. Oh my God. Great guy. He's wonderful. Like he helps- I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> I he, have like a heart dashboard. Attack. Like, I'll just kind of come up with crazy ideas. He's like, yeah, we can do that. We also use Eloqua as our pipes, right? So pushing contacts from one platform to another. So when I was running a lot of BANT programs, we would push contacts from the vendor into our CRM through Eloqua and then into LinkedIn for retargeting, into marketing email nurtures, um, into queues for sales. I think a lot of what happened with like the current state of like obviously budgets decreasing quarter over quarter just due to the economy. We have these platforms. So I'm more so focused on how to drive the usage of the platform. And that's where we've seen mm -hmm. a lot of success. So demand base and tech target card engine are our top two and really make them work together. Okay. We have demand base at the account level and then we have tech target, which has prospects showing high levels of intent across their 160 pubs. So, and they're competitors, right? But I somehow convinced them to work together and build this machine for me. So I build a target account list or a TAM in demand base based on our ICP parameters, export that, put it in tech target. And then week over week, tech target exports lists of contacts associated with those accounts, pushes them back into demand base for known contact prioritization. So all these contacts are showing intent. Now they're getting prioritized in our marketing campaigns. They're going to serve ads. I love that because I think, yeah, tech target is so interesting too. And I mean, for your audience, people who are buying storage, like that feels like it'd be perfect. A hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. I'm actually... I spoke with their CMO at B2BMX last week, and it was just an eye-opening experience because he's wonderful. The team's great. And we were just kind of walking through the program and he was explaining like how Tech Target got started, how mm. they were just like a newsletter for like a tech company. And then yeah. they became like every tech company's newsletter and then just became this huge company. And, and they bought Bright Talk. Yeah, they got Bright Talk. Two or yeah. three years ago, I think. Yes. <laughs> They're yeah. great. Also too, like, we kind of, it's funny. So I'm like, if demand base is the turkey, like uh, tech targets are stopping because like tech targets <laughs> pushing all this data, even like yeah. push every quarter, like three to 5,000 intent signals from tech target associated accounts into demand base, which then enhances our scoring methodology that we build and deploy through demand base. See, I like that because I think one of the challenges with demand base is that their intent topics are open and so you can make your own. Yeah. But like, what do you make? And a lot of people <laughs> that I've talked to will just use their PPC or their SEO terms. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, is that it, like, okay, cool. That probably works for you. But is that the best thing? Like maybe there's other more compelling things to use, but it is a bit like when it's an open field, it's like, well, where do I start? What do I pull in? Right. You know, where do I go from it? Well, so, and we, so I meet with the SEO lead and we do obviously our top of ring keywords, but then they also have like a web scraper. So you can plug in like a competitive URL and it will scrape. They also have like a keyword generator. So they have a, a bit of a variety, but also to tech target, like quarter over quarter, they'll give us these QBRs, such rich insights into our audience. So we'll see what the top topics are across 
different audiences across like competitors and we'll plug those into into demand base so it really is expanding our scoring and like the story is kind of like a radio right you're like twisting the dial just trying to find the right one and just it's been pretty intense because we're just aggregating intent engagement responses to campaigns everything across the board and it just makes the scoring better have you tested other intent engines or traditional i'm gonna call them traditional intent companies like bombora yeah, and so such. the agency side words a lot with Bambora. A lot of band vendors all like have the Bambora relationship and, and they're actually yeah. on the less expensive side, I would say. So if you're like trying to dabble with intent and you have like a smaller budget, I would definitely go yeah. for Bambora. You can do 10 for free, I think, still. You get like 10, 10 keywords or 10 companies. They have some really limited free offering, which is still you're a good way to freemium. test it out. <laughs> yeah. They're like the original freemium. And they are. They're integrated with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's something that's important to us because we have like LinkedIn Sales Navigator and Outreach and Demandbase has this really cool Chrome extension widget, really powerful because it shows you top engaged contacts in your CRM based on the score you built. And so you click on them, you can see the, the contact level intent or web traffic, and then you can just, it pretty much, it's like two clicks away from dropping them into an outreach sequence. So it saves the team a lot of time, a lot of toggling between platforms because a lot of them are on LinkedIn, right? Doing that secondary or tertiary outreach. So when they find these contacts, it's very simple for them to drop them into outreach sequences or email cadences based on the intent that they're seeing. So I feel like you've really cracked the nut with like the sales engagement side. What are other things you think people just don't get right about ABM or they miss the boat on? It's a great question. I think uh, I've been doing it for a while now and I think you just have to explain it a lot to people because a lot of people are like, what is ABM? How does it work? There's so many variations. Yeah. Like, some people want you to do it marketing. Some people want it solely for sales. Some people really want one to yeah. few or one to one. So I just like try to communicate early and often and just, you know, set expectations. Why I love Seagate is just that the team is like they're patient and they really care and they want you to succeed. From the very beginning, I was very clear and set expectations and I check in a lot. And, you know, like this past quarter, we saw 38 opportunities attributed to ABM tools and tech. We saw 137 influenced leads. Right. So leads that became opportunities that had been a surface our ad. So we're showing source and influence pipeline. And it did take time, obviously, to get to where we needed to get. I know training the team, a lot of the team, there's a lot of churn, right, with BDRs because they're fresh out of school. Yeah. They're maybe in their first or second job. So it's a horrible job. <laughs> I've never done it, thankfully. I've never dialed for dollars. And I, I like being on the phone, but not if I have to ask people for this. I made it like two and a half, three weeks, but I was doing cold calling for mortgage refinancing. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't do this. I mean, I was I was like pretty good at it. Right. But I was like, no, I have I tell everyone though who's younger, all the kids these days, when you graduate <laughs> college, I'm like, go to an early stage startup. Go to either like that or a well-established company that has processes and structure and systems to see how companies can operate and go be a BDR. <laughs> like just do it for a year yeah. because no matter where you go, the skills you learn being a BDR will take you far. If you can survive a year of cold calling people and having people yell at you and hate you and like get your hopes and dreams up that they're going to buy and then ditch last minute and have your rep be mad at you, you can survive anything. And why I like ABM is because like I'm not just driving awareness, right? Like I'm finding a lead when they're first searching for their problem. You know, like you're searching for cloud computing, you're identified to me. I then push you through to sales after you've been, you know, surfs a few ads, visit a few web pages. I then gather all that information and, and give it to them. And the lead converts because it's the right opportunity, the right place versus, you know, a BDR just kind of cold calling people without any sort of information, right? 
So like when you know they're researching, they've been on the website, it's kind of like connecting the dots, right? You're weaving together this story, this narrative. And then when you reach out to them, it's a lot more targeted, a lot more focused. Yeah. And it obviously drives higher conversions because you're not just like, hey, like Exa, I think you should. And it's like, I get emails all day, yeah. every day. And I like half them don't even reach <laughs> yeah. my, fire, my firewall, thank God. And then someone will like call me randomly. I'm like, ooh, how did you get this number? But the one time like I'll respond is like, I love yeah. Futurama. And someone like saw that I posted about on LinkedIn and they like hit me with an email with like a vendor quote. And I was like, this was good. I'm not buying, but you're good. Yeah. Like, Whenever I get good outreach, I try and poach them. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, but I have had one time in my entire life where I was really, so I, I we have all, we have all gotten emails where it's like, hey, Joe, saw that you were on our website clicking around, you know, blah. And I always hate them. I got a call once though. I love Gusto. I use Gusto for payroll. I'm a huge yeah. fan. And I was trying to set up my benefits section and I kept like getting an error and I was getting super annoyed. And then some comment like, hey, saw you're on our website. Saw you're hitting the same page a couple times. Everything good? Oh, so okay, like, they were calling to help. It was a support call. Customer support. Because they're like, this idiot just visited the same page 20 times in like two minutes. Help. She needs help. That's so but like she keeps she keeps doing the same thing. So like we think maybe she needs help. So we're gonna call and check. And they they call and they're like, hey, it's Gusto. You know, saw you're on our benefits page. How's everything going? And I was like, did you, can you see? <laughs> I and like, I'm stuck. Like, don't ever reach out. It's like, I saw you down yeah. this content. Like, XYZ. Yeah. it's like, you know, if pe people in this space are interested in X, like, maybe you'd be interested in this. Like, yeah. it, it can't be too specific because then Especially for your audience. Like I've sold to developers before. And I think people who are buying on-prem tech, I'm just going to say it, they're different than that, people buying cloud. Okay. Yeah. They're different, but like they're using ad blockers. Probably they don't want to get sold to, they don't want to talk to marketing or sales. They want you to be there when they want to buy. And so, yeah, they do not respond well to like, I saw that you were doing X, Y, and Z online. And they're like, why are you following me around? Here's everything you did over the past five days. Want to hang? Yeah, they were just like, like lose their mind. It's interesting though. I think yeah, you've got people who are like looking for on-prem. You've got people who are looking for cloud. But I think also the opportunity to bundle is there, right? Because a lot of people are doing like the mobile. A lot of data is being created at the edge now, right? With yeah. whether it's self-driving vehicles or video surveillance or, you know, anything. Or like if you're loading your Netflix, right? So there's so much data yeah. at the edge. You need on-prem and then the mobility between the two. So I think like the opportunity to bundle is there. And I also think when you're speaking with someone so technical, you really have to be super trained and well-versed and no one to kind of pass it off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I used to go to a lot of conferences. I worked the booth a lot. Uh, I never got called a booth babe, but I would identify as a booth babe. And I was in it. And like for just background, like I have a master's in data science. Like I did engineering for an undergrad. And I was in the booth once and I was talking to someone about, it was cloud, it was like edge computing. Um, Cause the company I was at does a service in the cloud, which is traditionally on-prem. And the benefit is if you're, you know, on a mobile device remote in like the middle of nowhere, we're gonna give you, you know, better speed to getting your, your shit to that person. But someone was like, ugh, just another girl doesn't even know what she's talking about. And I was like, I have a master, sir. Masters in data science. I was so yeah. mad. I like it was pretty crowded, and I could hear him talking, talking poop. And I was like, "Hey, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, sir, 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 sir." And then he was like, "What?" I'm like, "I'm not an idiot." <laughs> like, yeah, like That's I know up. what I'm talking about. I, I was, was and then 
this past week and I went to the to the booth and I knew more about the platform than <gasps> the booth. And I was like, this yeah. is frustrating to me because events are supposed to be these high quality. Yeah. So you ever notice like, oh, the event leads always get prioritized. And I'm oh like, God, always. why though? Like, especially people, you just, yeah. they, they kind of zap you in. And then like, you're the lead. If you like went up, I went up to get yeah. like some metal straws from them and they had no idea even what really what the product did. And I was just, where did they pick you up from? Like, they hi okay, so in, <laughs> in defense of the guy that made the comment that I yelled at, there are, I would get really, I love swag. Listen, I rarely swag. met swag I didn't <laughs> like. I always want all the swag. And so I go to all the booths and I'll talk to people. And also it's like fun just to network with other marketers there. Yeah. And there were many booths where I would be like, oh my God, I'd like, I'd like your product. You know, I've used it, blah. And they're like, oh, yeah, let me scan you. And I was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm just hired. I was scanned. Because they're, yeah, because there are companies that they they outsource their booth talent, which I'm be honest, if I knew that was a job in my early 20s, that's what I would have done. That'd be so much fun. Work but they outsource it and they'll have like some like essays maybe or some people there. But I saw like big tech companies with like a 20 by 20 booth. So which means if you have a 20 by 20 booth, you're spending at least $100,000 to be mm -hmm. there. And their entire like team, except for one or two people, would just be these outsourced like people to try and get people into the booth to scan them. No one knew the product. And that's such a massive miss. Like, why would you invest so much in a booth and then have someone who doesn't know what you do, especially at a conference for engineers who already don't want to talk to marketing? <laughs> I was so annoyed. I got a lot of swag though. What I was, was like, listen, I just want. I just want this stuff. You don't need to scan me. And I like swoon them into like giving me a bunch of the socks. I think it was or something. Oh, that every, every booth had socks. I like a specific sock. I was like, I don't wear your socks. I got like metal straws and then Terminus did a coat epoxy backpack, but you had to do a demo. And I was like, I'm here for the backpack. I'll take the demo. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have my favorite swag ever. Hold on. Let me grab it. It can make an appearance in the podcast because I have it. My business love language is corporate gifting. If you're watching this, send me stuff. <laughs> this is from B2B Marketing Exchange, actually. Yeah. It's from Rollworks. It's a candle. I would say it's a vanilla-ish smelling one. Yeah, it's a, it's a Walmart candle, actually, mainstays. <laughs> but it says uh, obligatory vendor giveaway. Let me do the YouTuber thing. The beauty guru thing. It's oh, focus oh. camera. Anyway, it says <laughs> vendor give. We'll put a we'll put a picture, a better picture in here. Obligatory vendor giveaway. <laughs> smells smells like an SDR email is on the way. Does it say that? Yes. Oh my god, that's and then the back says scan a badge, give out swag, SDR send an email, scan swag, SDR, scan swag, SDRs. We're challenging B2B marketers to stop repeating tactics that might not work. At Rollworks, it's what we've come to call the insanity. Like insanity, but insanity. By Sam. <laughs> like in like the same. Like uh, same, uh, same. Sorry. I, I pronounced that wrong. Um, <laughs> we believe there are better ways to reach target accounts with relevant messaging. But they had this whole thing, and it's yeah, like insane, insane. I'll I'm gonna put a picture on. <laughs> but it says insanity. Marketers doing the same thing like, over and over and over again, but expecting, <laughs> yeah, expecting different results. But I have, I have, um, I loved them. I took like three candles, <laughs> and I used to be on Rollworks. 
for a long time. The, the smells weird now. This is old. This is pre-pandemic. This is last conference before this is the pandemic. Exactly. I was at the conference and I didn't see you. So no, this is last conference. Because I would yeah, like, we would have oh, found oh, each oh, other. I um, love they also had like little car fresheners that said like smells mm -hmm. like an SDR email. Yep. Smells like but, I don't know if I right. want to SDR email desperation. <laughs> it smells like it smells like staying up too late in Axe body spray and <laughs> like being afraid that your AE is going to yell at you. <laughs> So did you like Rollworks? Because I'd done analysis of vendors in this space. I looked at Terminus, yeah. looked at Rollworks. I think Rollworks, it's funny because all of them, I feel like, are good at one thing and then now do all of them. But they're all like, like Rollworks is the ad platform, right? Six cents. So, or... so exactly. So that's mm -hmm. where they differentiate. I think you have, so I was like early user on Six Sense, Demand-based, Terminus, all of them. You have these tools that are really, really, really good prospecting tools. Almost, you can call them like a CDP. They're good at bringing your data together. They can pull enrichment in. They're going to give you those intense signals. All these tools, they just bolted on display advertising as an afterthought. And so like their display advertising like, isn't that great. It's just not great. Like when I was at Meta... Thanks, they're on. Yeah, when I was at Metadata, we had a lot of clients that would use, that were using SixSense that would come to Metadata to better activate their SixSense data than using SixSense for display. So it, it comes down to like, what's your goal? If you want to have really good display advertising, and I'm going to say, I'll expand it to social. I think there's some, it's not fantastic, but it's good enough. Rollworks is the way to go. They, at the time, um, what I would do is I had my buckets, I had these playbooks. So as soon as an account became known into our universe in Salesforce, it went into a campaign for like cold audiences. When they started engaging, it would go into another campaign. You know, if they, MQL to go into something else. If they responded to a meeting and they were going to have a meeting with a rep, it would go into this other campaign. If the if the meeting was successful, go to something else. Like we had it really, really, really well sequenced, and they allow you to do a lot of that advanced stuff. Demand based, you can do it also. It's just not as like I find you have to take additional steps to build those audiences. Where in Rollworks, it's a bit more intuitive. But Rollworks owns their DSP; they own the entire ad network. So the biggest difference is when you use Rollworks, you can filter out all of the bot verification traffic. When you use a tool like even metadata, you can't filter it out. Metadata, demand-based, six cents. They don't own their network. They use other networks. Right. And so your click data is never accurate because you have, you know, 30 to 40% might be ad verification bots, which you need to ensure the ad exists, but you don't want to see. You know, Rollworks filters it out. I think their targeting is much better. The other difference, though, is this is getting way down the nerd rabbit hole. There's something called bidstream data. Mm. And so like demand base uses bidstream data, which means that the ads on the publisher websites, they have a bunch of metadata associated with them about the person seeing it that gets sent back to the publisher. And so you actually get more data points that you can activate on. It's mm. not like GDPR compliant, though. And it doesn't mean it's always accurate. Right. And so you get more data, but the accuracy might not be as good as using what's called co-op data, which Rollworks uses. So there's some other little nuances, but I think my case study from when I was at NS1 is still up. We used Bombora Intent data with it. We had like a 60 some percent lift. I'm a fan. I've been, I was on it though when it was called uh, AdRoll <laughs> before. Oh, they, I feel like a lot of these tools, what they do is they slap ABM on as a feature and they double their sticker price. Yeah, 100%. Like, cool. Like, in AdRoll, you can you can target people at companies. It's the same shit, but yeah. there are less features on it. AdRoll still exists, I always forget, but... 
it's funny because I, I liked was, it at the terminus demo we were chatting and i was just saying like you know like i don't think like anyone's going to convert on an ad but it's more so like a stimulus that we're sending yeah. to get a response to score and then one of um the reps actually came over and started talking to me and then it was really funny because she was like oh like i sounds like you know what you're talking about i was like i hope so like that's funny <laughs> <laughs> you're like god i hope yeah no, she was really lovely and she's actually speaking at the event and she used to work with um like a a market like someone I, I speak with frequently about abm and like we have like marketer marketer calls so it was kind of funny i should put it together because they both have like wild colored hair so, like of oh, course yeah. we each other and so it was just funny like meeting people that like you've spoken with digitally and you're like this all makes sense <laughs> yeah then you're like you're so short or you're so tall <laughs> i always think it's interesting though when you look at the key players in the space like when six cents first started their whole shtick was we'll show you all the traffic to your website and then you pick who you want to retarget like that's right. how they started I and mean, you look where they are now and then terminus i mean someone listen someone might come at me but i feel like terminus hasn't evolved a lot <laughs> since they first started I agree. And marketo i'm yeah demand base is doing a ton right now yeah they just raised a bunch you know? of money they're growing their span i feel like they have this like very like long view of like where they want to be they want to be that gtm like part of the and that's why like i kind of put my like i i stand behind them because i feel like they're really strong and they know what they want whereas a lot of the other platforms kind of fiddling around maybe don't have the money to really get to where they want to be and i do feel like with this current environment like a lot of these companies will start eating each other or like not yes. be able to eat yeah, I mean, I think it's because right? we just want the best solution out there. Not yeah. Like well, also, we're not brand loyal. Like uh, that's the other thing. Like if you're ultimately like I love Rollworks, but if I had a platform that did what Rollworks does, plus did better social advertising and, and sequencing, I'm going to leave for it. Right. Ultimately, we need better performance. But I think if you're a new ABM marketer and you're going and you're new, you know, picking out tools, it's going to be like demand based in six cents. And Rollworks is like coming up in there, but it's really like those three, like no one is, I haven't heard anyone talk about Terminus before you in like six months. Interesting. You know, yeah, no, no offense I just, Terminus. I wanted to go to Passy Backpack. They got me with the I, See, the swag, <laughs> the swag gets you in. Like, there's like a few, like uh, IDG has like Triblio, but that's like not yeah. even the radar to be honest with you. Like I don't yeah. even, like the rest of them, but yeah, I would say like the, the Forrester Wave leads with Demand Base, Sixth Sense, and then Rollworks like coming in hot. I think Rollworks is gonna, I think they're doing some cool stuff, but I feel like if they really, if they really, and I'll, I will caveat, I haven't used them in like a year and a half because I've been like doing other things, but if they can nail down the prospect and sales intelligence component of it and pull it in, I think they could, you know, leap over six months in demand base. Mm -hmm. It's, I think, a lot harder to build your own ad platform. It's a right. lot harder to, for them to up tick their demand base i will say actually is expanding all their display advertising criteria too and like mm -hmm. being able to target things but they're rolling out some it's... cool features like we like so for example last quarter we just tested known contact prioritization so that's why i pushed yeah. the contacts and tech target you can do function prioritization title prioritization so we can just prioritize like ittms right which is who we're looking at yeah um i think it's six cents and at if uh Roars and six ads enter some sort of like Faustian deal, they might be able to take on demand base. But demand base too just acquired a company that like kind of blew up like their sales prospect because now they have contacts, not just oh. accounts. Yeah. So see that's what makes a difference. Um, um we're gonna open a poll because I just remembered so we moved over to anchor.fm for distributions. So we're on Spotify. And so we can do polls on Spotify. And so I will put a poll in the episode description. Let us know what tool you're on 
Because I think going to be very interesting. What tool you're on, what your dream, or maybe like what the dream tool would be in your mind. What your dream swag is. Tell us okay. what swag you want. Yes. What swag do you want? Send us swag also, unless you're Terminus. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll still take it. I spoke with but, um, the Sendoso CMO, Karen Steele. She's so yeah. sweet, so wonderful. And she actually has really great insight because she was like a BDR, like so many BDRs reach out, she ignores them. Someone sent her, not like a gift, not hers, but her dogs a gift. So they <gasps> did the research. They saw she loved dogs. Stop. They sent it to, like, it was labeled like to her dogs. And it was like all this dog stuff. Oh and now God. the BDR works at Sendosa with her. And she was like, and it's like, that's exactly the kind of, look, that's ABM at its truest. Yeah. Like, yeah. The research, the detail, the execution, like flawless. Yeah. That for me, I was like, that is an insight because oh gifting, a lot of gifting just kind of goes over the head, you know? Yeah, I love, so I I don't drink. I've been sober for like quite a while and I talk about it like kind of not super publicly, but I put it on like Instagram and a few other places. If you looked, if you looked up, you may eventually find it. But I get so much liquor from people or like invited to wine tastings. I'll be like, hey, like I don't drink. <laughs> like I don't I don't like I'd love to go to your wine tasting. I don't drink though. So like you don't have to send me the alcohol. They're like, oh okay, like I won't invite you. It's like what? <laughs> like, no, you throw out the invite. You don't you don't want to go. Yeah, I want to see your platform. Just don't send me your booze. Send me all of us. We want to be invited. We yeah. just don't send me money. I mean, I love I love marketing. Like send me all your marketing. Yeah. Just give me money. You know, it works out evenly. It's so funny, but this was this was a delightful conversation. I think we definitely uh, moved around from intent. Typically, my closing question for guests is, "What's your favorite part of your tech stack?" I feel like yours is demand base and tech target together. You mentioned earlier. Yeah. Is there any tool we haven't talked about that you want to plug and that you absolutely love? Hmm, that's a good question. I'm really interested in HG Insights. We've been looking at them for a while. They have really rich technographics. They're a little expensive, but definitely something to look into, I would say. They've definitely been on the radar. Actually, when I joined Seagate, one of my first tasks was like researching all of these vendors and helping onboard them. And it, it took like a year, year and a half, like so much legal red tape and IT. But during that process helped me understand, right, how to market better. Because I'm like, all right, I know there's mm. like six to eight people that are involved. Some are decision makers, some are influencers. We've got to get them all in one call, right? You know, yeah. all their different interests, they all are on different channels. So it really helped me understand how to break into enterprises being at an enterprise. I love that. HG Insights actually looked at a couple of jobs ago versus Cognizant specifically because Zoom Info was trash for Europe. So bad. <laughs> trash. How about Zoom Info? I'm like, I can't no. even begin to describe my yeah. that was the booth that knew nothing about oh. the product. But they have the metal straws. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about like Zoom Info before Discover Org? Because if you can oh. take us back in time, then like maybe we'll entertain it. But mm, not today. Should tag all the vendors in this podcast and be like, yeah. get ready. Yeah. <laughs> We're trashing everyone. <laughs> Happy International Women's Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can all talk about how so much MarTech is started by non-marketers, but that's another episode. Yeah, I, when I spoke with John Miller, the CMO of um, Yeah, former Marketo. Um, yes, he was the founder of Marketo, um, it, and then he started Engageo before it became demand-based. He actually taught me the importance of community 
like ABM is really all about community, right? And so like they, Marketo is one of the original and largest communities. And that's like, I need to get more involved in the ABM community yeah. or talking to other ABM marketers because like that's where all these rich insights can be cleaned yeah. because the vendors are just selling you what you want to hear. I have a hot take. I got a hot take on this. Right. Marketo, <laughs> Marketo today looks the same as Marketo did like five years ago or 10 years ago. Accurate. Like, I feel like I'm in the 90s using tables to build things, but <laughs> every sales ops or every sales ops, every marketing ops person I know who grew up on Marketo, who knows how to use Marketo is so loyal to Marketo. They want Marketo. They know how to do things in it. And almost everything you do in Marketo, you can do in HubSpot. There's like one or two things I can think of that are edge cases that are harder to do in HubSpot than Marketo. HubSpot is easier to use in every single regard, but Marketo is still the de facto enterprise option for marketing automation because of how, how strong and loyal their community is. I think their community is the only reason Marketo is still in business today because their platform is ugly as fuck when you use it. Yeah, it was kind of giving me like or on trail. Yeah. You know? like, or the river, maybe. Yeah. Am I on like a, a colorful <laughs> iMac, the little bubbly ones? <laughs> like, what is yeah. this? But, well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. You know, I don't know. If you're listening and from one of the tools, send us swag. You know, <laughs> we'd love it. If you're listening to, let us know your favorite tools and we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.